0: Welcome to Creativity and Chaos, a 1L2N podcast. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process. My name is Amy, and today I am joined by my big sister. Hi,
1: my name is Amy.
0: Oh, and then my little brother.
1: Hi, I'm also Amy.
0: And my specialist guest, nephew, Liam. Yeah. Oh, and then that's, I guess, the way I say there's story writing. See, this is what happens when we don't have a host. I it was I spent like the yeah, past 10 it, minutes waiting for us to start. <laughs> yeah, we we were yeah. a little confused.
2: We're all
1: just, you know, like, all right, come on, Amy, let's go. And no, and Amy. she never showed. And then when we all try to be Amy, it just, you know, it doesn't really work. Yeah. I, I said, really is moving.
2: anyone not ready? And then Amy didn't respond. So I mean, she's ready. Right. Therefore.
1: That's the assumption, right? Yeah.
2: That's what we do. Know. That's how we start. Yeah.
0: We just waited.
1: I'm pretty sure. See, I told you guys there was a flaw in that system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Big, big flaw. So Amy's not here with us this week. She claims (laughs) that she is sick and we believe her in quotations.
2: For the time being.
0: Yeah. We will (laughs) see if she has watched her Nicolas Cage movie, because if she hasn't, I will be be very, very upset. I will not be here next week. So Amy, good luck editing all of this. All right, you you guys want to start off? Uh, Oh, wait. Yes. We didn't do the podcast music. That's like a behind the scenes. Like,
2: no one ever gets to see that behind the scenes, but now they're seeing it. Yeah, or she
0: could edit it so that that's before everything, and then we can go back and do it. oh But then this part she'd have to cut out.
1: Yeah. So somebody says so something what you're really saying is you're giving her a lot of work and we've only just begun. Yes.
0: We are <laughs> a solid 19 minutes into the podcast at this point and anything that's been cut out it's Amy's fault. <laughs> I, that is true. I mean, we uh, an incredible amount of content. You know
2: we have good content when Liam's waveforms are thick and big like he talked a lot. <laughs> when
1: there's activity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> guys what do you think the most and amy would probably love this what do you think the most general neutral neutral title could be for somebody because like i was trying to think about this right if sometimes you're like all right thank you sir or goodbye ma'am because that's what i always do but then like what if they don't go by sir or ma'am like what if they're more general neutral and so i was trying to think well you come up with a name like chief like say hey goodbye chief or thank you chief <laughs> comrade Oh,
1: comrade. Comrade. I gotta put
0: that on the list
3: Yeah,
1: Homie, wait, home dog don't actually use it? Home slice, home sizzle There's a lot of things with home in it that could work I just
3: get scared and don't say anything say Yeah, anybody.
0: your person Hello, actually I think I have a person Yeah,
3: I have a person on the list <laughs> Thank What you, about <laughs> you uh, good day
1: fellow human Because we are both humans <laughs> yeah. Here on this glorious planet That you call Earth <laughs> I actually unironically
2: say that quite a lot
0: I'll go, hi human how you doing? Or good day, fellow human. Here's the list I have so far, but I feel like most of these have a traditional sort of male-oriented feel to them, which might just be the problem of, you know, mm-hmm. men dominating the field. But I have chief, boss, soldier, bud, bestie, captain, person, buddy, friend, and now comrade. Comrade. I'm telling you. I figure you if, you, if it's comrade. like buddy or friend, you have to be Canadian. So mm-hmm. I'm not Canadian. I don't know if I can do that.
1: Well, actually, no, I use the term buddy for cats, regardless of their gender, but not for humans.
0: I feel like buddy
2: can be slightly condescending. It can be used very condescending. This is true. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good, like, insult, gender, neutral <laughs> term.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like any of these can be, like, condescending. Like, thanks a lot, boss. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess you put it that way. What about hello and goodbye?
0: Oh, thank you, hello like, and goodbye. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or like oh, interesting saying hello to somebody, or just or instead of thanking them or saying like a gender neutral phrase, you just say uh, hello and goodbye, and then walk away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, hmm. it's a very interesting way of doing it. What if we just called each other Homo Sapiens? I don't know, my fellow
2: Homo, <laughs> my fellow creature, <laughs> my fellow creature. Yeah. Oh, what about Sup Sape? Sup, sup
1: Sape.
0: Yeah.
2: Whoa.
1: Oh, I like that. I'm gonna put that in Sup Sape.
0: Man. <laughs> Sup, Sape, you cool kitten. You cool
2: kitten. I don't I don't like the alliteration you got going on. That's more if someone if someone approached me and said, Sup, Sape, you cool kitten, I'd be like, I need to leave. <laughs> I'd be like, who is this
0: person and can I buy them coffee?
1: This individual <laughs> might need to get tested on a psychological level.
0: <laughs> Who's the appropriate amount of coffee to have in
2: one day?
1: Mm. About, five.
2: Um, about five. I don't agree with that. Okay, I'm a decaf man all the way. I'm absolutely all decaf because the moment you don't have caffeine, you get those headaches and those headaches suck. Yeah, they suck. Follow up question though. The solution isn't to drink more caffeine. The solution is to not drink caffeine and then when you desperately need it, you drink it and I'm telling you it's worked so far.
1: But but Mike didn't. Ask regarding caffeine, he simply said coffee. Mm-hmm. And oh, I under know. the coffee umbrella, you could have caffeinated, half calf, decaf. So, what's oh, yeah. the appropriate number of decafs to have in one day, Tommy? Also, one,
0: one oh, cup of oh, okay. Wow. So, for me, I'm thoroughly addicted. So, a coffee is a necessity in the morning. There's no like, <laughs> oh, okay there's gosh. no saying like, I, I I don't need it. I need it.
2: So, you're looking for confirmation bias when you hit us with the eight cups.
0: Just, I just <laughs> want to somebody- wait to tell me that Mike, 10 cups the is okay. appropriate
1: amount of coffee is per individual to decide. So however many coffees you have is the appropriate amount of coffee. How's that?
0: <sighs> that sounds fantastic. Speaking of podcasts, let's get let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't
1: we so already start? No, no, we're getting started. started. No, no, we were we're getting started. About... How many minutes in?
0: We won't let yeah, them know we'll that. Anyway, we were now. talking about
1: gender gender neutral terms rate. We other.
0: are 7 minutes into the podcast at this point. Oh, I'm sorry. We're four minutes into the podcast. I don't know. I just want Amy to be like, what am I going <laughs> to do with this? I have no idea. She's probably just going to scrap it and go, you know what? There
2: was no was, podcast. This was episode. terrible.
1: Yep. Nope.
2: Do y'all Nicholas watch your, Cage. your Nick Cage movies? I watched one of my Nick Cage movies. You watched, not watched the other. I watched the worst one, which face was off. originally assigned to me. Okay. Face off,
0: yes. Oh, I was assigned a second one. I watched one yeah. of mine. Which one did you watch? I watched Knowing. I forgot Matchstick Men was also assigned to me. Missy, did you watch Leaving Las Vegas? Yeah. Yeah, and, I did. And Liam, did you watch Ghost Rider or Con Air?
3: I watched them both. Oh. So I actually did my assignment, unlike <laughs> the rest of you. Well
1: hey, no, I, I watched mine. I thought that not I not only you have a had second? to watch
0: Knowing. I forgot Matchstick Men was was one of them amy had to watch the rock which is basically just uh the, the james bond him. sequel for the original yeah. <laughs> like Sean yeah. or not the original but the sean connery james bond wait wait what's I'm gonna
1: the watch on.
3: she actually yeah, got sean a good connery. end of the deal and then she doesn't show up yeah 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 <laughs> it's because she hates america
0: um, <laughs> She hates him and the rock is about finding freedom which is america yeah. that
3: is true
2: yeah. well you're making i'm um, putting two and two together here and i don't like where it's going
1: Tommy, also not a fan of freedom.
0: So let's let's start off with just
1: a simple question:
0: Did anybody actually enjoy their two-hour movie time? It's a, it's a hard yes and no. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Four-hour movie time for Liam? Did yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy it? No. Oh, okay. All right. So g- go ahead, Tommy. Face off.
2: I mean, <laughs> where do I begin? <laughs> First of all, I came out of this realizing I don't hate Nick Cage as much. I just hate John Woo. <laughs> I hate that director yeah. so much. <laughs> I feel like that director really plays into some of the weird Nick Cage tropes that he does all around just being weird. So like one of the one of the things that I added to Face Off that I found was dominating the scene. Anytime Nick Cage was on screen, that man would dominate the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, w- I was paying way more attention to him than
0: John Travolta ever. The strange part, I think, with Nick Cage is that he is captivating in a way where you don't understand why you're so interested in him. Like, a lot of times his acting's not the best in the scene, but it is captivating. Yeah, legitimately,
2: I enjoyed both the actors in that movie. I en- I enjoyed Nick Cage. I just did not enjoy the story of the movie. <laughs> the story was garbage, but Nick Cage was pretty great because he was just hamming it up. He was hamming it up at yeah. every moment. And that's what was fun. He's, he's, he overreacts. He, he gives off his little beady bug eyes so constantly. <laughs> he smiles and he's just like, oh, awkward singing was one of them, too. There were so many points where he would just awkwardly sing. <laughs> like, what? was Nick Cage doing? I loved Nick Cage. I didn't like Face Off. And I think I didn't like Face Off because John Woo was directing it.
0: Yeah, he, he's definitely a very stylized director that does like mm-hmm. weird specific action movie tropes continuously.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Continuously. Like, I, I just watched Mission Impossible 2 not too long ago. Ooh. And then watching this right after, I'm like, these are like so similar. The movies are so similar. There's so many tropes like yeah. the doves. Why does he always have his, <laughs> freaking doves in his movie? Yeah. And then secondly, like when whenever a shooting scene, whenever an action scene is going on, first of all, it goes on way too long. Yes. And then there's slow-mo that's at like half the FPS instead of actual slow-mo. So it just looks like
0: a PowerPoint slideshow. Yep. I hate that. I hate that. The stutter cam is, the, I don't oh. know if there's a specific term for it, but it's it's one of my least liked visuals in any like movie ever it's so bad and there was so much of it in this movie any action scene
2: when like any shot goes on it's just like the whole room blows up for no reason yeah (laughs) like i can't see anything that's going
0: on and i just loved how bad it was it was like 90s at its max that i think is why i love face off so much (laughs) i know it's a terrible movie but i like the fact that like you said nick cage was given room to breathe and he was just basically said like go crazy just like we're gonna make it even more crazy than it can imagine it's a 100% ridiculous plot that would never work. And the action is so over the top and the stakes are so incredibly high for nothing, like for yeah. for no reason.
2: For no it's...
0: reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Like
2: character choices that none of them make sense. Mm-hmm. Like they just none of it makes sense, but it's fun and I think Even though I didn't like the storyline, both actors, I really did believe they switched place. That illusion wasn't broken for me. Like I felt like both actors did a great job of playing their good and evil counterparts. That was super fun. And I wasn't expecting Nick Cage to be good. I was expecting it to be pretty bad. And it kind of was, but his acting was fun. I don't know. Face off, I can say this. The downstairs neighbors heard me laughing for two hours (laughs) because that's what I was doing. Just laughing the entire time. Good. So I had, a, I had a good time. Nice. Liam, do you
3: want to go with one of your movies? I watched Ghost Rider.
1: Ooh. Didn't Amy say she liked that? Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah. And <laughs> watching it, I could easily tell why. Because okay. Because it's a horrendous movie, first yep. of all. She loves horrendous <laughs> movies. And it's got, like, vampires and weird stuff going on like that
0: it does i didn't know that
3: yeah and it's got like the devil and then there's like little minions and the devils and his son are fighting off basically ghost rider is the devil's like bounty hunter i think is what they try to describe in the movie and there's this contract which there's been many ghost riders before and there's a contract that one of the previous ghost riders stole from the devil and he's been trying to get it back ever since, and it's got like a bunch of power in it, or whatever. I don't know, it's some scroll. But then his son got kicked out of hell and is now trying to also find that contract because he wants to be mega powerful or whatever. Then Nick Cage sold his soul to the devil in Nick Cage fashion, and it's <laughs> um, just a
0: daily thing for so Nick this Cage. This
1: is a documentary. Did <laughs>
0: did he sell his soul to the devil for? Personal reasons? Was it like a self-sacrifice? Yeah, no? it
3: was. His yeah. his his father had cancer, and he went to cure his father. His father mm. died mere hours after he was cured. So
0: now, how many job. how many minutes into the movie are we at this point?
3: I just want to know how long your review. I would like to say. 45 minutes into the movie nothing happened and this movie was about another hour long where everything actually started to happen
0: so it's like it's a superhero coming of age movie where the he doesn't even like think about being a superhero for the first half
3: yeah no because he wasn't he didn't even have his powers at least he didn't know it till about 45 minutes in then he just i don't know he does ghostwriter things bunch of people die and he saves the day somehow because he found love from, like, a, his childhood. Love it then kind of, like, revamped him or whatever. I don't know. It was a bad movie. I not sure, recommend it, it. Yeah, I don't know. So, so what you wanna... you're
1: saying is for being busy, nothing was actually really happening.
3: Yeah. Nick Cage wasn't too bad in this movie. Mm-mm. He could have been a bit better. But overall, he wasn't horrendous. It, the movie had a good cast. It was just a little over the top, but it was it was all right. If I had to review it, give it maybe a oh, may like a three point six to like a four point two, somewhere around there. Out of how many years? Maybe a bit lower. Uh, ten. Okay, so 10. 4 Four, we'll say four yos out of ten yos. Give it three and a half, three, I think is better. D-
0: three and a half yos. <laughs> three and a half it is. yos out of ten.
3: So it was. It's not the movie. I don't recommend it. I looked through the comments and people are like, "Man, this is such an underrated movie. This is great." One of the comments were like, "This is I love that. This is one of the top three superhero movies. It's up there with Spider Man 3, and like some other horrendous superhero movie. I don't even remember. That
0: had to be trolling. Uh, I mean, had to, to be trolling. trolling.
3: I couldn't believe what this dude was saying. But the comments were like, yes, go you. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I can't. The movie was not it. But Nick Cage was all right. He wasn't amazing, but he wasn't bad.
2: Did you notice any like tropes while watching this movie? You're like, oh, that feels like a very Nick Cage thing he's doing.
3: Being really weird for absolutely no reason
2: yeah like weird how like in physicality or in dialogue
3: in dialogue and in like the way the character was acting just very distant and strange and didn't really know it seemed like he was in a different universe of of conversations and dialogue people were trying to speak normal to him and he just didn't speak normal back which is very nick cage
0: (laughs) okay did, did he did he kind of slur his words a little bit in like a mumbly way when he was trying to say um, something
3: that was like important? Kind of, not really, but just wait for my next review.
0: Oh, interesting.
3: Well, I had the
0: pleasure of watching a movie called Knowing, which I'd seen the poster a bunch. And, you know, I to be honest, I start off watching a movie. I was like, okay, all right. I think I can get into this. And I think... That is why the movie got made is because some is executive started reading and they were like five to 10 pages in. They were like, all right, yeah, this is going to hook people. They're going to really enjoy this. Yeah. And then it uh, falls apart into a giant pile of dog poop uh, by the end. And you're Ooh. going, what is this movie? It was fun enough just to watch Nick Cage, but it, it, I, I would say he's not a redeeming factor of the film by any means. So I got some notes here. Uh, there's creepy vibes, the school scene in the beginning, which was kind of like mm-hmm. weird, uncanny valley, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that. And then it has this fun zooming in from the earth all the way to a backyard intro, like title credits. I had a note here that children in movies are just terrible. Anytime you want to put a child in a movie, it's a bad choice. Uh, they never act as stupid as they do in real life. And kids always have to be the adults in films, which is completely insufferable. So, like, Nick Cage is a kid in Man. the movie... And the kid is the one that's like has to be responsible and make like, you know, the profound decisions. And it's so dumb because like if you've ever met a 12 year old, all they talk about right now is Minecraft and Five Nights at Freddy's. And it's fine. Like, it's cool. That's what they want (laughs) to do. But this kid's like just going. It's stupid. Anyway. (laughs)
1: He's like nerding out all the time for being a seven-year-old or eight-year-old or something.
0: Let me give a really brief concept of this movie. This girl writes down a bunch of numbers, puts it in a time capsule. Nick Cage is at the place when the time capsule is opened up. His son gets these numbers. He looks at the numbers, and then all of a sudden he starts to recognize a pattern. And the pattern is like a date and the number of people that died, and then eight numbers, which he can't figure out. And then it moves on to another set of numbers, which is like a date and a bunch of people who died and another eight numbers. So he circles all this and he gives it to his science friend. And his science friend's like, this is just coincidence. And Nick Cage is like, no, it's not. Something's weird about it. And then he decides for some stupid reason to look at his GPS and he realizes that the other eight numbers are latitude and longitude. And he is at the exact position of latitude and longitude, which I'm gonna pause right there. This man is an MIT astrophysics professor. Okay. He would have immediately looked at those numbers and be like, oh, latitude, longitude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's always eight numbers. Huh. That's kind of crazy. And then he realizes basically a set of numbers is predicting future events. And so like one by one, he goes down these future events going like, what could this possibly be? As opposed to skipping to the end and trying to figure out like, why does it stop here? So you you spend half the movie of him kind of chasing these events, trying to stop them. And it never does. And there's one line in the movie, which I laughed at for a solid minute straight. And he goes to his professor friend with all these numbers. And he tells him, like, here's the latitude and longitude. Here's all of this. And there they're all these numbers are here. And his professor friend, which is played by Ben Mendelsohn, says. Yeah, that's a great job. Yeah, he does great. He's great in most things. His His character's name was Phil Beckman. And Phil Beckman says, my scientific mind is telling me to have nothing to do with this and yours should too. I was just thinking no like, science yeah, no, no, your science yeah. mind would be like, okay, well, let's figure out why this would happen. Let's question mm-hmm. it. Let's figure out if there's a pattern or if, if this is a prank or something, you know, not like. I'm warning you, this is devil's work or something. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Uh, oh, another uh, thing that <laughs> made me laugh for a minute straight. I got two big laughs out of this movie. There's some guy that's chasing his son for no explainable reason through the movie until the very end. And uh, Nick Cage runs outside with a baseball bat and to scare him off, he just smacks it against a tree really hard and screams. And it's just like, he just hit a tree with a baseball bat. That's so, it's like, that's not threatening. Anyway, he goes over the top. Here's some tropes I noticed. Monotone delivery of several lines, and his facial expressions are much better than his vocal expressions. Usually I'm drawn Mm. into the face as opposed to his voice. His voice is very much similar in a lot of things he does. He always looks dazed and confused for everything, though, which is weird because he has, like, the same confused facial expression when he's angry or happy. He's got weird pauses in the middle of sentences sometimes, and I'm not sure why. Near the end of the movie, I'm going to give spoilers. Don't go watch this. It turns out that aliens told this girl 50 years ago to do it, and then they take his child and this other woman's child, and then they take them off to a planet with bunnies and they let them run towards a tree. I know that sounds like, what? Hold on. It's the stupidest ending I've seen for a science fiction film in a long time because it it just comes out of nowhere. And you're like, this is dumb. Like there's no payoff to any of the buildup you've had. But I did notice it was nominated for a Saturn award for best science fiction movie for 2009. That seems pretty impressive. Let me read some of the other contenders for the 2009 Saturn award for best science fiction movie. And you can tell me if you think knowing is gonna be up there. First of all, we have Star Trek came out in 2009. Avatar. 2009, Moon, District 9, 9, the movie, which if you've never seen it, is a fantastic animated film, and I highly recommend 9.
1: It's weird and great.
0: Yeah, 9 is awesome. Terminator Salvation, definitely <laughs> better than this movie. 2012, The Time Traveler's Wife, and I would even say a better science fiction than movie this would be Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So- True! True! <laughs> Any one of those films you you think should have been nominated over this is, you know, up to you. Anyway, that's my review. Don't go watch knowing it was it was a really, really interesting start fell apart halfway through. And then literally, I don't think that they rewrote the script because there's so many glaring plot holes by the end. Somebody gets in a car accident and he goes chasing this person like 30 minutes later and then just stops at the car accident for no apparent reason. There's no motivation to stop there. He has no idea this person was going to be in this car accident. No idea what car they were driving and just stops there and finds them. It's so dumb and so like (laughs) over the top.
1: I would like to add... A little bit to yours. Knowing is terrible, but in like a fun way for me, I loved it. It's got all the little (laughs) things I like because one of the things I love about it is it attempts really, really hard to touch on like every possible movie genre there is at some point in the movie it just can't make up its mind what it is and i just yeah
0: that off. is true i never thought of that it does it does rotate like from a yeah. creepy horror to like uh, a suspense thriller to then just mm-hmm. weird garbage it's like a disaster sci-fi, sci-fi.
1: on apocalyptic movie yeah the ending though i interpreted it a little bit differently To me, it was angels coming and taking new Adams and Eves along (laughs) with the pairs of animals as if it was like Noah's Ark or something a way to restart humanity from like the innocence of children like a pure version. Yes. And starting humanity over.
0: And that that's kind of what I got as well out of it but it is is—it is such a weird it comes out of decision.
1: left field you're like wait what?
0: Yeah they basically like these, these creepy guys hand rocks to these children and you're like what does a rock signify? I gotta know what the rock signifies. Guess what it doesn't signify anything. There is absolutely nothing the rock signifies by the end of the movie, except for the fact that there was a bunch of those rocks where these kids get picked up from. And it's so vague and dumb and it doesn't answer the question of why any of this happened, why they're only tracking certain disasters, why it's just... I don't know. I liked watching it for about an hour of the two hours and it was sporadic in between of what part of that hour oh also another trope nicholas cage loves having a drink on film he is he is sipping on some kind of booze in just about every movie i can think of
1: well i'm glad you mentioned that (laughs) okay because Uh. my movie leaving las vegas is about alcoholism starring nick cage (laughs) The Raging Alcoholic. My movie is about a guy who's basically lost everything. His wife has left him, his friends want nothing to do with him, and he loses a job because he is an alcoholic. He is the biggest alcoholic of any movie or story I have ever seen, ever. I mean, just imagine whoever you can and multiply it by 50 and it's still not enough. The opening scene, he has a cart full of alcohol. And I mean, like, full of alcohol that he is purchasing while skipping around the aisles and doing his random singing, as Tommy mentioned. There's <laughs> a lot of that random singing throughout this There's movie. a lot. <laughs> So by like 15 minutes in, he loses his job. They've already set up all the different <laughs> stages of alcoholism. And he decides that he is going to get rid of all this stuff, drive to Las Vegas, and drink himself to death. And that's what the movie is about. Him going to Las Vegas and literally drinking himself to death. Hmm. Huh. He, while out there, meets a woman who is a prostitute and... They kind of form this weird friendship where it's basically he doesn't give her crap or judgment for being a prostitute. She doesn't give him crap or judgment for being an alcoholic. And their lives just kind of fall apart together. It's one of the most uncomfortable, (laughs) odd, not enjoyable films I have ever seen. Almost every single scene makes you cringe and not in a fun way, but in a... oh gosh, why kind of way. It, it had no real plot to the entire story. It's literally just him drinking in every scene and it going back and forth between this woman. Her name is Sarah. And it kind of she keeps talking to the camera in little cut scenes throughout the entire movie. And you kind of get the impression she's maybe talking to a therapist or a friend or something about her experience with this guy after it's all over, but they never actually tell you. She just kind of is talking to the camera throughout it, so you don't ever get any kind of resolution with that there is a sort of background plot going around or going on a little bit like a mob or mafia or something that her pimp works for and they're like coming after him and she's like in danger sort of kind of and they kind of have a run-in with nick cage while he's driving to vegas but about halfway through the film it just goes away And it's never brought up again. So just the most interesting part, and I'm using that word very generously, is this whole like mob thing kind of going on that just (laughs) nothing ever happens with it. And there's a lot of really awful scenes and tropes against women. It was very clear whoever wrote this movie has issues with women. There's a ton of abuse that happens. There's a pretty awful rape scene that happens. The way that women are kind of disrespected in this movie is kind of just taken as, well, yeah, that's just how it is. Like the movie makes you want to feel sorry for Nick Cage and what he's going through, even though he did it all to himself, while simultaneously blaming Sarah for everything she's going through when almost none of it is is her fault. Like Mm -hmm. she's just being abused left, right and center to the point where You see a lot of parallels. So at one point, Nick comes home and he's like covered in blood because he got in a bar fight and the apartment complex managers are just kind of like, but then Sarah comes home because she was beaten within an inch of her life and violently raped and they knock on her door and kick her out like it's just it's a horrible horrible movie i do not recommend there are zero redeeming qualities aside from a few moments of nick cage being kind of playful and goofy because he's so drunk that he's oblivious to everything going on around him There was a little bit of Nick Cage tropes in it, like the random singing he would do at times. Sometimes he would have some silly facial expressions, but most of the time he was cringy. He was overly aggressively hitting on women and trying to compel them to sleep with him. And it just, it was a horrible movie. If I have to give it a star, it only gets one star. I do not recommend it. It's actually one of the worst movies I think I've ever sat through i was less than half an hour in and i was gonna turn it off because i was just it was so bad but i said nope i'm gonna finish it for the sake of the podcast and i have suffered through it audience so that none of you ever have to please don't watch this movie please
0: so i'm reading here john o'brien wrote a book that it was based upon yeah so i wouldn't say it was necessarily the director um no it's the
1: story itself yeah
0: but yeah, it, it was based upon called Leaving Las Vegas. And then uh, after he found out that the the, the Leaving Las Vegas was going to be adapted into film, he committed suicide. Maybe he just it, had some uh, some tough issues he was thinking about. He be. was also only 33, which is crazy.
1: That's, that's yeah. sad. That's definitely sad. Yeah. To have that story in your head. Yeah. He, I mean, he obviously had some some issues that unfortunately were never helped in real life. <laughs> it was bad. It was real bad. The only characters who ever really feel empowered are ones abusing women.
0: I haven't seen it. Do you think it was done that way to point out the ridiculousness of a situation to say like, look, he can be an alcoholic and he gets away with everything and she's actually like working and she can't. Like... Um,
1: It could be, but you never get any confirmation for that. If that was an intention, the movie just kind of ends. There's no real true resolution. In fact, Their big moment at the end was its so embarrassing to even talk about. So when he first (laughs) hires her as a prostitute, stuff happens, but then he never sleeps with her. He decides he just wants to cuddle for the night. He was too drunk to sleep with her so this entire time they're together which probably is like a month or something they never actually have sex until the very end when she goes and finds him and he's like in the like he's dying he's about to die having trouble breathing really struggling to just exist and so she decides that's the moment i'm gonna have sex with him (laughs) and they make it to be like oh it's their romantic moment no it's not romantic it's sexual assault. Like <laughs> yeah. he can't say yes. But the whole thing was just so cringy. Yeah. And it yeah. was, it was billed as a romance. Guys, this is not a romance. <laughs> if you're into romance, this ain't it. And then he dies. And then she does her t- looking at the camera, talking about stuff. But again, you don't get any confirmation as to who she's talking to. And. Then they do a really, really, really slow kind of fade in and out of, like, an image of him. And then the credits roll. And I'm like, <laughs> why was this? What was the point of any of this? Was uh, his
0: performance uh, good enough to win an Oscar?
1: No. No. <laughs>
0: do you think he no. won an Oscar because people hadn't seen him enough enough movies and they're like, this guy's got, m- like, really good chops?
1: I think they he probably won an Oscar because he was so convincing as an alcoholic. But
2: yeah, fair. I mean, yeah. that was the whole—that
1: yeah. was the whole movie. Like it wasn't like. like and you know what?
2: They would know. award an Oscar to someone who played a really good alcoholic. Like right? I'm thinking about but it right now. It, that makes the most had, sense.
1: It had strong late '80s, early '90s vibes, and this movie came out in '95. It already felt dated at that point. So I don't know if they gave it to him because it was such a brave role to play, but Mm. it was not it. It Mm. was just... I was so disappointed. I love Nick Cage. And here's the real kicker is I remember that he did some kind of movie in Las Vegas or gambling or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want... That's the movie I want to try and find, right? And so I saw Leaving Las Vegas thinking that was it. Let the reader know I was thinking of Snake Eyes. So... (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh. You should have watched Renfield. I guarantee you would have had a better time.
1: I probably would have. I 100% would have because there's probably some kind of actual plot going on there. At a couple moments, you could laugh. There were zero laughs in this film. And it's a Nick Cage film. There should have been laughs. There should have been laughs, no laughs
0: intentional or not.
2: Should have been no la-
1: Right, no taking laughter. and
0: hitting a bat against a tree, laughing out loud for two minutes, having to pause the movie because you're like, why did he do that? That's the weirdest choice an actor could make. Right? Yeah. Like you're gonna break your wrist if you're doing something. You're gonna break like the that. bat, not the tree. It's not gonna be yeah. threatening. You just went, ah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If someone did that, i think
2: I'd be a little freaked. I'm like, <laughs> oh, this I guy. Would,
1: I would take off running if this I guy mean, were it's
2: coming just out me. It's an alpha <laughs>
3: out. <move.
1: laughs> Liam, you wanna take us home?
3: Yeah, I watched another movie.
0: Um
1: <laughs> Sorry, called... I know that was exhausting.
0: Oh no. It's, it's... It was called good. Yeah. I'm Kana- glad Air. I'm glad I am glad i not have to watch it. So, and you
3: watched Ton Air, yeah. That was another bad one. <laughs> Nick Cage, to be honest, he was probably the low end of the movie, he was probably w- the worst part of the movie, which is rare with his movies. About nine times out of ten, he's the best part. This one, no, if they took him out, probably wouldn't have made much of a difference in the movie. Honestly, it might have made it a bit better. I immediately knew that this wasn't going to be good because 10 minutes in. He said a bunch of lines and stuff, but I couldn't, I had no idea what he said because he's talking such a monotoned, heavy Southern accent (laughs) and he's just blurring all of his words together and he, uh, he just didn't have emotion the entire movie. He had no emotion. It just, uh, it was rough. Basically he was, uh, he's a ranger like, uh, in the, on the military and he's like some great uh, hero or something. I don't know. Something like that. He seems like a pretty cool guy. He got into prison because he was defending his wife and he actually killed somebody. And so he got, I don't know, like seven, eight years in prison. And he's and then he finally got on parole. And he's he's trying to, he just wants to see his wife and his daughter. I forgot, his daughter. Who, when his wife, when he, when he went to prison, his wife was pregnant. So then baby was born. So he's that never crazy. met his daughter. He's never met his daughter. And it's the, the parole day, it just so happens the day he's released on parole it's, so happens to be his daughter's birthday. Isn't that crazy? What? Uh, Whoa.
2: <laughs> movie. What?
3: And so he bought her a bunny for his birthday. And let me tell you, this bunny shows up throughout the movie way more than it should. He <laughs> he saves this bunny. I mean, this bunny was so important for no reason. Like this toy bunny. Like it's a stuffed animal bunny. That at one point, the villain pointed a gun at the bunny and threatened the bunny. If he wouldn't do what he was told to do. I'm like, what is going on? It's a stuffed animal. It's not that important. It's not that deep. Anyways, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the
1: VeggieTales bunny songs running through my head right now.
3: <laughs> let me tell you, the cast of this movie is one of the best casts I have ever seen in any movie. Y'all gotta look it up because there is amazing yeah. actors I throughout will, the whole thing.
0: I'll give you a quick rundown of it, okay? We got Nicholas Cage, John Cusack, that's all I remember
1: i don't
0: like john malkovich uh, yeah. Ooh, okay Colm uh, Com M- manny? uh yeah, manny? Dude, Colm manny uh yeah i don't remember his last name ving rames dave chappelle steve buscemi danny Ram. trio i mean yeah you got you got some That's, you got some action-y a strong
1: cast yeah
3: this is strong it's a really great cast anyways i found out about halfway through the movie. It was called Con Air because a bunch of prisoners who were in transport to go to the super max doing crazy, insane, high-level prison of the world is being transported on plane. And the prisoners who got all the worst and smartest prisoners into one plane took over the plane. Who would have thought?
1: <laughs> and then the, pri-
3: the the main villain called Cyrus the Virus <laughs> gets Nacriman the Jesus. only gone. Yes. I guess the only gun on the plane and says, welcome the con air. And I was like, oh my gosh, you said it. <laughs> you said the line.
1: <laughs> so con air means like convict air.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. You did it.
3: You figured out the math equation.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't know what the movie was about.
3: Honestly, it's a great premise for a movie. Yeah. um, and Imagine
1: snakes on a plane
0: with convicts instead. Yeah, but you know what the movie is when I say snakes on a plane. Probably All I know is
1: there were snakes on a plane. That's all I know. And that is the
0: movie. (laughs) It's like, it's one of the most genius titles because you know what you're getting into, you know?
1: Is it like actual snakes or is it all figurative.
0: snakes everywhere. So many oh, snakes. Okay. Just like Con Air. There's so many cons in the air. Okay. I'm
1: sorry.
3: Yeah. Can so you very stop. literal
1: titles.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. You have <laughs> Face Off. It, it it was very fun. Okay, you can laugh at it the whole time. And there was also a lot of intentional jokes too. I mean, a movie with Dave Chappelle. Of course, you're gonna get a lot of sh- jokes. Mm-hmm. I was looking. Once I saw Dave Chappelle, I was like, oh, I'm into this movie. This is gonna be great. And he he dies like in the first like third spoiler. Uh, like, <laughs> What? No. Anyways, Steve Buscemi or whatever, however you say his name, he was a character and he was like introduced like halfway into the movie and all the other convicts were afraid of him because he like ate like 30 something people or so I don't know. He was some crazy, super weird person. And everybody was afraid of him. Let me tell you, this dude, I don't even know why he was in the movie because he had no consequence, no purpose, no nothing. And he, he would randomly say the weirdest things to Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Cage would be like, Look, man, you're a criminal. I don't want... You shouldn't be saying those things. <laughs> and he just went and listen to him. <laughs> pretty
1: good. Wow.
3: <laughs> and that that's what he sounded like the whole movie, because he had no emotion about anything. And also, at one point, Nick Cage could have gone off the, the plane because he was on parole, so he would have gotten free no matter what happens. He's fine. He's okie-dokie. And he could have gone off the plane, but he didn't because he wanted to get his prisoner friend, who is also a convict, he wanted to get him some... I don't know. He had like diabetes. So he tried to get him some like medicine. So he stayed on the plane instead of trying to go to his uh, wife and daughter, which I'm like, this dude is an idiot. Anyways, back to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> this dude's character was pointless. He at one point, the plane crashes, right? They land and it's like the weirdest town ever because it seems like it's a dead town. And then you look around and there's people just every now and then. And there's, a, there's this child who's sitting at the bottom of an empty pool. And Steve Buscemi's character played and sung with his child for like a good 20 minutes of the movie. And I'm like, what is he doing? Why is he here? I thought he was going to eat her or something, but he doesn't. He just he plays with the doll and sings. And then he goes back to the plane just because, I don't know, and he kept the doll. And <laughs> at one point, everybody dies, okay? Spoiler alert, everybody dies. And he's the only one that makes it. And the last scene of the movie, you think it's about to end. And then it's like 10 10 seconds of black. And then the last scene is him gambling in Vegas. And I'm like, what is the point of the movie him? Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't know what I'm watching. Anyways, Nicolas Cage was horrendous. And if you want (laughs) to laugh at somebody for that long about being such a bad actor in such a bad role. It was so awkward. It was so awkward when, when he when he finally sees his wife and daughter again. It was one of the, it was so cringy and awkward and it just didn't make any sense. And he forcefully hugs Well, was how him and his wife hug because, you know, they're back to seeing each other again. But he's never seen his daughter and they both forcefully push the daughter in the middle of them. And she's like, actually, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I'm right with you, daughter. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we're here doing this but it's weird and the action scene when they land a plane in the middle of las vegas strip instead of shooting it over a desert they're like no we gotta keep them going right instead of shooting it over a desert zero fatalities and deaths they're like let it land right in the las vegas strip all these casualties (laughs) then they have a fight scene on a fire truck and some people die and it's It's like what am i watching bro i was expecting something (laughs) decent Maybe at least Nicolas Cage is a good actor. But no, Cyrus is the Virus. First off, that's a great name. And all these people <laughs> had nicknames. And all these people. There's not a single normal name in this movie except for Nicolas Cage, which was Poe. And I'm like, that's a terrible name. Couldn't have given him a nickname. Or actually, no, he did have a nickname because some people called him the Ranger. I don't know why, because he was a ranger in the military. Oh my gosh, wow. Anyways, I'm sorry, but this this movie was... <laughs> It was not it. I would give it a five point six to like a six point four or something like that. Six point eight. Well directly in between is a six.
0: So (laughs) Yeah. I remember watching Con Air once and going, Okay, that's interesting, but never had (laughs) desire to watch it again. I think the best movie of the ones we watched is the one that Amy didn't watch. And that's why she's not on the podcast, because Mm. she was too afraid to tell us that she didn't watch The Rock, which is genuinely a good action movie because
1: it's
0: it's also Michael Bay. So, you know exactly Mm. what you're getting. It's it's very visual and explosive and over the top action.
3: I would say the best movie is the movie that Tommy didn't watch, which is Lord of War. Yeah. That's definitely. I, yeah. that, those were the two reviews I was looking forward to the yeah. most from this section. Lord of War and is amazing. We got neither.
1: Yeah, Matchstick Men. I think that's pretty good. I also really like the Frozen Ground. I don't know if any of you guys have seen Frozen that one. Ground. That's a great one. It doesn't feel like typical Crime? movie for Nick Cage.
0: A thriller crime. Oh, it also has John Cusack. Oh, so you've got two. It's
1: good, Mike. I think you would like this one. Like actually legit, not like I like. Yeah, from like, knowing on you. <laughs> I
0: like thrillers in general. Even if they're bad, I usually am enjoying.
1: That's the problem. But this knowing, is a good thriller. Knowing so I thought it was right. going
0: to be like a fun thriller, and then it just was like, we don't know. Somebody write the script as we're filming. It's fine. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. audiences aside, no, I know that that's not how films are made. I know that you don't film it from scene one to the end, and then you write the script as go on. So please stay out of my DMs.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of enjoyment. It seems there like out kind of all of us. Yeah. A there lot was of a enjoyment. character
3: called Swamp Thing <laughs> in this movie. Oh, and He was the pilot. Okay,
0: let's let's talk about one thing that I think is a common thread. And I don't know if Missy had any of this, but I guarantee that Tommy and Liam and I did, which was bad visual effects or yes. low budget in general.
1: Low budget. Yes.
2: Well, okay. I wouldn't call face off low budget whatsoever some of the stunts in there is just like you had to pay for all of that like driving the plane into the hangar and blowing it all up yeah that was done live that's an expensive shot but like the low budget effects were just like like i said the halftime essentially like oh 12 frames a second instead of 24
0: but it's in slow mo and you're like what am i watching i think that that is more of a product of its time as opposed to a limitation of budget yeah
2: i agree i 100 percent agree it's a product of its time like i don't think i, I think they had a ridiculously high budget for face off because the amount of stunts that they were pulling, like driving the boat through another boat while it's exploding. Are you kidding? <laughs> that that was all done in camera. That's an expensive shot. Like, that's really expensive.
3: Yeah, I'd say my movies were probably also kind of a part of its time instead of like bad special effects or whatever, because though Con air, I think was mostly I, I didn't see much special effects or I didn't notice because it was so bad. I was just paying attention to just stupid characters. But I think Ghost Rider. I don't I can't tell if it was a product for his time or if it was also just low budget bad special effects because man. Every second you can tell that there's some rough stuff going on with this. I mean, there's a dude that is constantly, he was a skeleton, and he's constantly on fire, and everything's constantly on fire just all the time. <laughs> and you can tell, I don't know, if that movie came out in like 2007 or something, and it wasn't a very high-budget movie, you can tell that that's not going to end very well. And it didn't for almost the entire movie. It was actually impressive how bad it was. not it, <laughs> it was bad, but it wasn't horrendous.
0: What are their, like, so visual effects can be mixed with action. I guess it depends upon the director probably and the overall budget that they have.
1: Movies have convenient coincidences in them, like lazy. Sometimes the movies have lazy writing just to let's get the story going kind of thing.
3: Yeah, like when Nicolas Cage and Cyrus the Virus had, like, a big final battle. And out of nowhere, what are the, like, the propeller thing, the the things that spin, really, what do they call it on planes?
1: The engines? <laughs> the engines? Like the, well, the, the it's blades not like the, engine. The,
3: the blades, yeah. They fall off the plane and you mysteriously go... Cyrus the Virus is about to kill Nick Cage and it goes right through the plane and it goes so fast it knocks them away from each other, giving Nicolas Cage a second chance to fight. I'm like, what? That doesn't even. <laughs> That's amazing. Nice uh, I can't line. even compute. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think the thing I noticed was just a lack of
2: understanding of how physics work. Yeah, physics mm. work, mm. but mm. then convenience, like you saying. And face off, there's so many action scenes and there's so many scenes where people just like pinpoint automatic fire a weapon and they're accurate. But then the moment it's verse, like, the two main characters, bullets are being missed constantly, and they're just running and, like, not getting hit. Well,
0: it's because but, like, they're so good at dodging them, Tommy.
2: <laughs> I, yeah. The amount of times I saw Nick Cage do a stupid flip, <laughs> like,
0: he <laughs> could do jiu-jitsu while fighting with guns. Like, so, in your movie, is there, was there a point where Nicolas Cage drops to his knees in shock? Yes. Yeah,
1: he does that a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of his signature moves, and I didn't realize it until I watched No Way, where he just like falls down to his knees like, oh no, and I I think it's in just about every movie I've seen of his.
1: Yeah, Yeah. in the drunk version of Nick Cage, instead of doing that, he just falls in through a glass table. (laughs) Excellent. And then laughs. I'm fine, I'm fine.
0: I had another trope that I found in Knowing, and it was right after he discovers something important. He has a glass in his hand, and then he drops it, and you just watch the glass drop and shatter. That happens not only in Nick Cage movies, but in just a lot of movies in general, and I really
3: hate it. Yeah, it's that old like 90s yeah like early yeah. 2000s I'm, kind of I'm stuff i'm so
0: shocked i'm going to drop my drink and then we have to watch it shatter uh, and, spill. and then watch it yeah slow yeah, Slow-mo.
2: <laughs>
1: slow-mo. N- <sighs> leaving las vegas had a lot of slow motion bits to try and overemphasize the seriousness of it mm. but and it was super serious but they also were playing this like just ugh lounge music the entire time so it kind of took away from like some of the seriousness yeah, the music in that movie sucked too. But yeah, there were a lot of weird just like, let's do a little bit of slow-mo for zero reason at all.
0: <laughs> Product of the time.
1: Oh yeah, it it definitely felt like a timing choice instead of a Nick Cage film kind of coincidence, but
0: Well, all right. You all excited to watch your next bout of Nicolas Cage movies after this week? I'm sure you all are. Of course. I'm so sorry audience mm-hmm. that there's going to be 2 weeks of this.
1: Well, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, well between us like we could always do a nick cage part two you know a couple months from now to give a break hmm.
0: Yeah, true. I and do the greatest hits the ones that we actually are like you should watch this like lord of wars i thought really you
3: meant it oh. i thought you meant it with 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 kane
0: i remembered watching <laughs> it and enjoying it but not like liking it i was just like well that was fun you know it was ridiculous." Liam, the thing is with Liam is Liam likes good things. He does not like bad things. To be honest, I think I was thinking about The Rock when I recommended Con Air to you. So, uh. sorry. Also, The Rock's, uh, to be honest, The Rock's not a fantastic movie. It's just fun.
1: But it's entertaining. Yeah.
3: It's a, good, it's a good action movie.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's what I can summarize for most Nicolas Cage movies, is they're, they're not good movies. They're just fun. I genuinely think lord of wars and probably lord of war and national treasure the original one are my two favorite Nicolas cage movies followed by face off
3: of yeah national treasure i forgot he was in National that Treasure. it's just a fun movie it's just fun it's just yeah. a fun and it's good fun it's not it's, like you're laughing at it the whole time fun. it's just like it's oh, good it is yeah yeah well i uh, think uh, lord yeah, of the right? war is just like a well-constructed movie yeah especially of the
1: time yeah yeah it was done very well so yeah it's just
0: it's definitely it's like the, the gangster movie it's a gangster mm-hmm. movie with arms dealer so it's great and they're making <laughs> okay. a sequel and on that note we're going to end tonight's episode. Dear people in the audience, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know that it has been a chore to get through. And uh, if you want to reach us, you can visit us uh, at uh, 1L2NProductions. 2 N Productions. is number, letter, number, letter, productions. On Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Reddit, t- everything. I don't know. Or nothing. All the things. I have no All idea what the we're It's not even Twitter. It's X now.
1: No, no. It's Twitter. It's Twitter.
0: Let's Twitter. go with it's Twitter. It's Twex. That's what we'll call it from now on. <laughs>
2: I don't like eating that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to reach us, you want to say, hey, what's up, Sapien? Uh, we'll we'll definitely do, we'll reach back to you and, and talk. If you want to leave a review, I will personally read your review on air. Hopefully it's a good one. If it's a bad one, I'll still read it.
1: We would love to hear your review of your favorite or least favorite Nick Cage film. Yes.
0: That'd be fantastic. Please don't leave that as a review for our podcast, but, you know, you can you can email us and then we'll... Probably read that. If you want to donate to the cause of chaos, uh, you can go to our Patreon. We have a Patreon, one hundred and two in productions, and uh, it'll help us create great content. And also, you know, share this with somebody if you actually liked. Uh, tell them like, hey, I know these uh, idiots, and they like rambling on for an hour, and it just kind of wastes my time while I'm doing work. And uh, you should have your time wasted. Uh, send them to the podcast. So it'd be great. Thank and you. then <laughs> our final word of the day goes to. I've got two coins here, so I don't know how we're. Gonna
2: I have. Nice. I have a. I have uh, a D four roll. Yeah. Up on-
0: oh, Tommy's going to Google.
2: Do it oh okay okay one through four missy being one liam being four makes sense okay cool yeah. roll boom two
0: mike i still think face off is like one classic movie everybody should watch there is a scene there if, if you didn't know where nicholas cage grabs his face and goes i want to take his face off oh, he's also very high on cocaine <laughs>